0: I assume this morning that every mother, in the sound of my voice, desires in her heart to leave positive touches on her children, be they very young children still at home or be they grown children who, in fact, have their own children, that every mom wants to leave positive touches, positive fingerprints on the children that God has given to her biologically or through adoption or through spiritual influence. And I wonder if we would pause for a few moments this morning to think about what are the touches, the positive touches that the eyes of heaven value. Because the eyes of heaven are the most important eyes of all, right? So what does God value in the terms of how a mother can touch her children? Well, just for fun, I went to search t-shirts on Walmart's website. T-shirts, Walmart. Uh, the search engine revealed 1,000 plus results. Then for fun, I searched vitamins on eBay. Got 5,200 plus results for vitamins on eBay. Then I searched hair accessories on eBay. Over 390,000 hits. Sometimes I think being a mom is somewhat like that whole exercise I described for you, that there are so many voices from media, from other women, from our culture, from our society, from our church, from our friends, so many different things that you are told as a mother that you ought to be or that you ought to do or how you ought to interact with your children or how you ought to touch them in certain ways. And... Just as it would be frustrating to try to see every single T-shirt of the 1,000 plus on Walmart site or every single bottle of vitamins on eBay, 5,200 different bottles of vitamins, I would submit to you moms that if you are to try to do everything that everybody tells you in good faith that you ought to do, you could get very frustrated and very upset. So I want to, in the moments we have together, Uh, Put the concept of a mother's positive touches on her children into the search engine of the Bible If we ask the Bible, what would be some of the positive touches that a godly mom would place upon her children? Biological children, adopted children, or spiritual children I wonder what results would the search engine of the Bible give us? Well, I'm going to share with you three results. I don't claim that these are the only three results and touches the Bible would affirm for mothers to have with their children, but for this year at least, we'll look at three, and they are the mother's touch of a first love for the Lord. Number two, a mother's touch of a loyalty to the local church. And number three, a mother's touch of impact on a lost world. A first love for the Lord, a loyalty for the local church, and an impact on a lost world. Let's start with the first touch, a first love for the Lord. Let me just state the obvious. Mom, you cannot teach any of your children to be pilots unless you yourself are a trained pilot. I cannot teach any of you Japanese because I don't speak Japanese, Michael Worrell, back from years of teaching English in Japan with us this morning. Welcome back, Michael. Michael could teach us Japanese because he speaks Japanese. We can only pass on what we ourselves possess. And so if your ambition and your touch as a mother, you want to pass on the touch of a first love for the Lord, the only way you can do that, Mom, is if you yourself have a first love for your Lord. In Matthew 22 a lawyer came to Jesus and asked him what was the most important commandment you'll recall that Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind then Jesus said this is the first and the greatest commandment and so A first love for God, and Jesus specifically said to the lawyer, a first love for God which saturates your heart, that is your values. A first love for God which saturates your soul, that is your relationships. And a first love for God which saturates your mind, that is your thoughts. For you to pass on a first love for the Lord To your children, moms, you yourself must have a first love for the Lord that saturates your heart, that is your values, saturates your soul, that is your relationships, and saturates your minds, that is your thoughts. When you have that kind of a love, not in perfection, by the way, this side of heaven, none of us are perfect, but if your life is tending toward that kind of loving of Jesus Christ, you are well-positioned. To touch your children in a way that passes on a first love for the Lord. But there's an elephant in the room. There's an elephant in the sanctuary as I'm preaching. And it's this Is your first love for the Lord a guarantee that your children will love him that way too? No. Ask Eve no ask Rebecca and what about Proverbs 22 verse 6 that is so often quoted what about Proverbs 22 6 that says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it how should a sincere Christian mother take that verse is that a guarantee that if you love your child with the first kind of love in your own heart's priorities, that that child will be guaranteed to love the Lord with his or her full heart, with first priority? No, it's not. What Proverbs 22, verse six is, is a proverb, not a promise. It's a likelihood, not a lock. It's a best case scenario. It's not an axiom. It's a tendency, not a contract. And of course that's because every little child in arms grows to be a toddler, grows to be a primary school student, grows to be a junior high, grows to be a senior high, grows to be an adult who is a free moral agent before God. And every human being has freedom from God to make decisions. We're not robots. So either that child you raised demonstrating a first love for Jesus Christ all along the way, that child, when that child grows up, has a choice to make for him or herself. Either to emulate and to imitate your first love for Christ as a mother that he or she saw growing up or not to do so. So I have a little word of encouragement for the young mothers in the sound of my voice. First of all, you, you are having developing children right under your skirts, right under your feet, right in your, at your elbow every day. I want you young mothers to know something. I want you to know that the days are long, but the years are short. Every day you feel as though it's 124 hours long, tending for a little one's needs. The days are long when your children are young, But the years are short. You blink and they enroll in school. You blink again and they're halfway through high school. You blink again. They have their first part-time job. You blink again. They're dating someone. You blink again and they're married. You blink again and you're a grandmother. Young mothers, right now the days are long, but the years are short. Love the Lord as your first love. May your husband know that you love the Lord more than you love him. That secures me, by the way, that my wife loves Jesus Christ more than she loves me. And she loves me a lot. Love the Lord with a first love. Young mothers, the days may be long, but the years are short. Now I have a word of encouragement to the mature mothers, the mothers who are here and have seen the Lord Bless them such that they have seen their children become adults. Your children are no longer children, mature mothers. Your children are adults. Some cases married, some cases with their own children to parent. I have a word of encouragement for the more mature mothers of grown-up children. Keep up first loving the Lord, or if need be, start up. First, loving the Lord. You may be tempted to say if you haven't really been loving your Lord Jesus with a first love kind of loving, and now your children are adults who are parents themselves, that you think it's too late. No, it isn't. If there's life and breath in your grown children, if there's life and breath in your grandchildren, It's not too late for you to start loving Jesus Christ as your first love if you haven't been very good at doing that before. You may be hearing this sermon on Mother's Day and having a bit of a sinking feeling that you haven't measured up, sort of like Janika in her dramatic presentation. And maybe you're listening and saying, boy, I wish it wasn't so, but if I'm honest with myself... I haven't loved Jesus Christ with the first love kind of love as much as I should have in front of my children. What should you do about that? Well, the first thing to say, there's only one perfect person in the Bible. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else in the Bible is flawed. Every mother you would point to in the Old or the New Testament was imperfect. Sinners saved by God's grace through faith. So that's the first thing to say. But if you be listening to this message, regretting that you haven't loved Jesus Christ as your first love as much as you should have, what should you do? Well, in Revelation chapter two, our glorified Jesus Christ wrote to an ancient church at Ephesus. And Jesus Christ, the risen and glorified Savior, said to the ancient church at Ephesus the following, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So the logical interpretive question of those two verses which I read should be, what were the first works that the ancient church at Ephesus once did but had stopped doing? What were those first works? Well, I would say, The first works that the ancient church of Ephesus once did that had forgotten to do was various kinds of ministries like our church offers, various kinds of ministries but all ministries drenched in a true love for Jesus Christ. Everything we do by way of service to Christ is a ministry. Cooking a meal, cleaning a kitchen, sweeping a floor, driving a person to an appointment, making a bed, whatever we do is an act of ministry. And whatever we do, if we love the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of doing these various mundane, everyday, ordinary things, those things are to be drenched in a first-place priority love for Christ. And if, Mom, you might be here in the sound of my voice, sensing that you want to regain a first love you once had for the Lord Jesus that will positively touch your children and your grandchildren, then do what the church at Ephesus was called to do by Christ. Namely, first part of verse five, remember your spiritual disciplines, that is your first works, And two, repent and return to doing your spiritual disciplines. You could do that starting today. You don't have to be defeated or discouraged. You could return to what you remember to do when you were loving Christ first and foremost. Return to it. Change around your priorities. Change around your plans so that you love Christ more than anyone or anything else. You could start that Right now. What are some spiritual disciplines? Not just for mothers, but for all believers. What are some spiritual disciplines that we ought to remember and return to with first love for Christ in the doing of them? Well, meeting daily with the Lord in his word. We call it quiet times or devotions. Privately praying. Memorizing Bible verses. Assembling each week with God's people on the Lord's Day, in this, in this sanctuary. Flexing your faith muscle, trusting God, not feeling as though you have to try to control everything and provide everything that you think you need, but to trust the Lord, to call out to him for specifics, specific enough prayers that you'll know when God answers the prayers because you prayed specifically enough to see when he answers with specifics that he's answered your prayer flexing your faith muscle, serving others with your spiritual gift. There's a a wonderful woman in our congregation, a wonderful believing woman, senior woman. She told me that when she grew up in a different country, her mother sent she and her other eight siblings regularly all around the neighborhood with baking that the sister in Christ in our congregation's mother baked. And regularly, these nine siblings would take the mother's fresh baking to various houses around the house they all lived in. And they were all taught a first love for Christ that looked like a first love for neighbors through baking. And guess what? (laughs) This lovely sister in the Lord who's in our congregation, she is regularly giving away yummy baked things that she makes to people in our congregation. You see, her mommy's touch on her when she was a little girl has never gone away. Be encouraged, moms. Your touch can be lasting. Another spiritual discipline as a mother, of course, is to be evangelizing your own children, telling them a way of salvation through Jesus Christ, their need of the Savior, and encouraging your children young to trust Christ and only Christ for salvation. When a mother or anyone else for that matter has a first love for Jesus Christ that permeates, saturates, soaks everything that that Christian does, then ministry is not, well, I have to do this or that. It's I get to do this or that. And there is a big difference. When we embark on a positive good work with the mindset, I get to do this rather than I've got to do this, there's a big difference and it starts with having a first love for Jesus Christ so that everything you do for him is because you love him and he's taught you how to love other people. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the first touch that a mother should aspire to have is the touch of a first love for the Lord. The second, way a mother can and should touch your children is to have the touch of a loyalty for a local church. A loyalty for a local church. One thing I've found as a pastor in the Bahamas, as a Canadian-American uh, pastor who's now pastoring in the Bahamas and loving it, is that so many Bahamians I run across, you ask them, do you have a church? And the answer is, no, I visit around churches. And when you probe that a little further, it means they belong nowhere. They're not loyal to any one church. Nobody in a church knows them. And they don't know anybody really in the churches they visit. And so they're living their Christian lives in isolation as a solo sport when it's always meant to be a team sport. That we're a family. Usually these folks come to me that have been visiting around churches and ask for financial benevolence help. And I say, you're putting me in a very bad position because I don't know you. I'm just meeting you now. You don't know me. I say, wouldn't it have been better to plug into a local church, this one or another Bible believing church, and to have a loyalty to that church so that when... Tough times come, and they come for most all of us, that you're in the context of a family that no one love you and that you love as well, and we can help you. And that's what our benevolence fund is, exists for in the context of family love and appropriate spiritual life acquaintance with each other. We can help each other gladly out of that fund. Well, that's another sermon for another time. But a mother's touch, a good mother's touch, is to... Teach and to model in such a way that you're teaching your children a loyalty to a local church. In Hebrews 10, it warns us that we ought not to uh, be casual about our loyalty to a local church, which usually translates to being casual about our attendance at a local church. And it says in Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 23... Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now watch. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day, capital D, the return of Christ, the day of Christ's return, approaching. So let's see. There are some intrinsic, built-in, automatic blessings simply by showing up Sunday by Sunday at a local church to which you are loyal. There's some things that just happen every time you walk through the doors without you necessarily even thinking about it. Number one, according to these verses, you're helping yourself and others hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. And by walking through those doors and sitting in a pew Sunday by Sunday in the sanctuary, you are saying to yourself and anybody who's observing your attendance that he who has saved you is faithful to his promises. And when we come together, just by virtue of attending, we, we... Um, stir up love and good works in others around us. Just by you sitting here, physically present, not by virtual attendance, but by physical, personal attendance, you are stirring up love and good works in the person on your right, the person on your left, the person ahead of you in the pew, and the person behind you in the pew, just simply by showing up. I commend you for being here today I've told you before That my wife Her daddy was a pastor And they had pioneer girls At their church back in the the day And one day A young Beth said to her daddy Who was the pastor of the church I don't want to go to pioneer girls tonight And her daddy said Why don't you want to go to pioneer girls She said I think I know more than the leaders Which was a Not a humble thing to say, but it might have been true, I don't know, I wasn't there. But I like what her daddy said to her. He said, Beth, even if you go tonight and don't learn a thing, you're going to encourage the leaders who prepared a lesson, and you're going to encourage the other girls who will be in the circle with you tonight just by you being there, we'll encourage them. Still true that we hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's happening in this hour on this Mother's Day 2023 is a limited time offer. We won't always... in perpetuity, get to assemble on Sundays at 11 o'clock, one day we're going to be with the Lord through physical death or we'll be raptured away alive, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. This is a limited time opportunity to gather together on Lord's days at 11 a.m. in this sanctuary. We ought not to miss these opportunities that are limited. And just by coming, like you've done today, you're expressing a loyalty to this local church, which is God-honoring, and you are stirring up love and good works in others just simply by being here. A mother who would touch your children with the positive touch of teaching them a loyalty to a local church is regularly in attendance at that church. You know, sometimes uh, people think that pastors only teach others spiritual things. But I'm here to tell you that many, many times, God's people, you all, teach your pastor things. I think of the church I pastored in Pennsylvania. There was a young mother who had a telephone conversation with me. And I'm going to share with you what she shared with me Because it meant so much to me that after I hung up, I took notes from memory of what she had said and I wrote them down. And all these years later, I have them to share with you. This is what this young mother in the church in Pennsylvania I pastored said to me about how to be loyal to, she was committing herself to being loyal to the church in Pennsylvania. She said, I don't gossip and I don't backbite. I am properly proud of my church, of her programs, and of her people. I don't church hop. I don't leave the ministries to my children, to others only. I volunteer in the ministries that are linked to the stages of my children's lives. When they're in the nursery, I work in the nursery. When they're in Sunday school, I teach in Sunday school. When they're in the youth group, I'm going to teach in the youth group. She went on. I don't disrespect my church leaders. I pray for my church's success in discipling others to follow Christ. I view my brothers and my sisters in my church family as cherished family, brothers and sisters. I take God-honoring ownership of my church. I turn off the lights. I clean up the kitchen cleaner than when I found it. I pick up litter and I... Sort things that needed sorting in the restrooms. This is all from an ordinary, believing sister in Christ. So much impact on me. I took notes after we hung up. She said, I do my financial giving to the Lord first through this church. Second, through parachurch ministries. And I always call the church my church or our church, but never the church. I don't say I'm going down to the church. It's my church or our church, Mom. Just through those kinds of mindsets, those kind of deportments, those kind of uh, uh, worldviews, you are teaching your children, young and grown, that loyalty to a particular church honors God and is good. For the person who demonstrates loyalty. To his or her church. So many of you do that. And I thank the Lord for that. Keep it up. Your little kiddos and your grown up children. Are watching and learning. The third and final touch. A mother would have on her children. At least for this message. Is the touch of an impact. On a lost world. You know when. When. For young mothers, when the days are long and the years are short, it's easy for any of us who are pouring ourselves into the ministry of being a mother or a father or a friend or what have you to get really tight on our focus as to what our lives entail, what impact our lives will have. It gets to be a very tight little circle because we're living our lives hour by hour, minute by minute. But we need to step back sometimes, moms, and we need to get the bigger picture. The bigger picture is much bigger than our particular children. The bigger picture is bigger than our particular families. The bigger picture is much bigger than this local church. The big picture is others beyond our children, others beyond our church members, others beyond our country. The big picture is bigger locally than we might think, bigger nationally than we might think and bigger internationally than we might think. And we need to have a big picture. And God's word helps us to have a big picture. God loves us as individuals as if there was only one of us, but God loves us collectively, eight billion of us on planet earth. He's that big and infinite a God. And so An impact on a lost world is something that you as a mother can ask the Lord to help you to have that impact on your children, whether they're at your knee asking you for things constantly because they're young or they're out on their own with a husband or with a wife and with children of their own. You can still impact them to have a desired impact on a whole wide world. Jesus loves the little children. All the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So I ask you, Mom, I hope your children have seen you cry. Not because I hope you're hurting, but I hope your children have seen you cry. I hope they've seen you shed tears or things that disappoint you, things that trouble you. I hope they've seen you cry I hope they've seen you cry over people not going to heaven. I hope your children have understood that sometimes you cry because you have reason to believe that someone who has died is not in heaven because they rejected Jesus Christ while they were still alive on earth. I hope your children have seen you cry for that kind of a tragedy. I also hope your children have seen you celebrate and rejoice and give thanks and pray and praise for someone who comes to know Christ as Savior before it's too late. I hope your children not only see you cry for the lost to perish without the Savior, but I hope they see you celebrate and give thanks to God and have a little party on earth like the angels are partying in heaven when someone you are acquainted with trusts Christ to be their Savior from sin. I hope they see both sides of that. Susanna Wesley had this motherly touch of wanting her children to have an impact on a lost world. She had 11 children, Susanna did. And this is what she said about some of her boys being called into world missions. At that time, when they went from England to world missions, she knew she would never see them again on Earth. 11 children. Susanna said this when Charles and John Wesley left England to do missionary work in America. Susanna said this and I quote, had I 20 sons, I should rejoice that they were all so employed, though I should never see them anymore. I submit. That John and Charles and the other Wesley children didn't learn their mother's heartbeat to see a world come to faith in Christ just when John and Charles left for America and she said that statement. I would be sure that the Wesley children knew their mother was totally concerned about people without Christ going to hell. And their mother was prayerful that people would come to know Jesus, whom to know is life eternal, and the children caught that and wanted to be a part as God would lead them to have a spiritual, eternal impact on a whole world. And they didn't have to wonder, would mommy not approve me going away from her to serve God in missions? In... 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3 are a pair of interesting verses. In this whole concept of a mother wanting to have the positive touch on her children, of having them have an impact on a lost world, in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth and says that those people that they have led to Christ are like epistles read of men or letters read of men. In our parlance, they're like emails read of men. So mothers, Christian mothers, your children who you are raising or whom you have raised are like emails that you are sending everywhere. The verse says, Paul, writing to the Corinthian Christians, you are our epistle, Written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit, capital S, with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Not written on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. Just think of it. Mom. The hours you pour into your little children, the advice you give your grown children, the prayers you offer up to heaven when no one else is noticing except God, you are writing the email of your individual children's lives and you are hitting send And the email that you have written on your heart for the glory of God, those emails, your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going out to touch, to change a world that needs Christ. Keep at it. Keep touching your children through prayer, Keep writing the emails that your children are so that when you hit send, they go to where they work. They go to where they live. They go to where they vacation. And they are read of people who need, starving people who need the bread of life, parched people who need the living waters of Jesus Christ. Do not tire in well-doing. Touch your children. Write the email hit the send button and send them off their way. Knowing so many of you as I do, I love and I respect you. I know that so many of you make daily sacrifices to make life better for your children and your grandchildren, in some cases, your great-grandchildren. And it's such an encouragement as your pastor to see that and to be a part of that, to have a front row chair to see some of those things that God is doing through you as you write the emails that are your children and send them to your world. I would say that close to 100% of the mothers in the sound of my voice this morning would say and mean I would die for my children. That's commendable. But may I follow that up with this question. If you are willing to die for them, are you willing to live for them? Are you willing to touch them with the first love of the Lord that you yourself have? Are you willing to touch them with the loyalty to this church, if this is your church, or some other church, if you're visiting from another church? Are you willing to touch them with a loyalty to a local church because you are loyal to your local church? Are you willing to touch them so as they would have an impact on a lost world? Have you ever told your children or your grandchildren that you would bless them if God would lead them to a far-off country to take the gospel to people who need Christ? My mother, who I opened with the illustration of her fearlessness, my mother also has given me that gift. When I went off to seminary in Dallas Seminary, she said, go and study God's word so that you can be equipped to serve him wherever. From the moment I left home to go to Dallas Seminary uh, grad school to learn about Bible and theology, in my mother's mind, was I may not live near her again. Go to seminary. I'll pray for you. Graduate seminary. Come back to pastor a church in Ontario, but not near where my parents lived. Pastor another church in Ontario, but not near where my parents lived. Not always, at least. Move to Pennsylvania, not to be near where my parents lived. Undergirding all of this liberty and freedom to me to respond to the Holy Spirit wherever He would place me to be a pastor was the liberating blessing and release of my mother. She said basically, Go impact your world for Christ, son. Even if I don't get to see you, be near to you physically like I would like it to be. That's a godly mom. You can tell your children and your grandchildren, if God calls you to serve him far away from Nassau and I don't get to see you or the grandchildren as much as I would love to, I'm okay with that. You impact your world for Christ. And so moms, we salute you. We thank God for you. We thank you that you don't have to search some engine like Walmart or eBay to find out what makes for a good mother. You get so many opinions, so many thousands of inputs. Let's just focus on these three this morning using the search engine of the scriptures. The touch of a first love for the Lord, the touch of a loyalty to a local church, and the touch of an impact on a lost world. We love you. Anything we can do to assist you in your role in ministry of being mothers, we'd love to do it. Keep up the good work. God is with you. He's for you and never against you. Keep up the good work. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this choice time in your word. Please encourage each mom today as they go forward. May they do so with energy and strength and hope and purpose. And I thank you for the lives that have been touched by godly mothers and for the ones that are now still touching young and mature children. Bless those touches, Lord, to the end that we would see Jesus Christ glorified in our children and in their children and in their children. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. And God's church said, amen. God bless you, mothers.